and welcome to episode 32 of the Dumfries and Galloway Rugby Podcast. I am back after missing last week and how glad I am to be back because we have a brilliant episode for you today. The season, as we know, is over domestically, but you should also know by now that rugby never actually sleeps. Summer is a great time in the rugby community where everyone gets out and about to play some touch, play some tens, and most popularly, play some sevens. And that is exactly what we're here to chat about today. Stuart Tree are hosting the second leg of the 2023 Women's Scottish Sevens Series on the 10th of June. And in light of that, our special guest today is part of Rugby People, organisers of this amazing event, here to talk us through everything we need to know for what is set to be a historic day in the women's game here in Dumfries and Galloway. Adrian Henry, a pleasure to have you. How are you, mate? Oh, really well, thank you. I appreciate the the, the the invite to come on pod. It's great to be able to get a chance to promote the seven series. Obviously, we think it's really important and a good thing to do. So, yeah, it's, it's great to be on here. Hopefully, we get a few more invites. So, before we get into the the actual event coming up that we've got at Stuart Tree, we've got to know a little bit about you before we even get into rugby people as well. What is your story why do you have the love for this game that we all love as well what is your rugby story why rugby for you never played at any great level played as a kid at school particularly poor scrum half second 15 level back in the day when the state schools all had teams so i went to glenrothes high school in fife and we ran two teams there so i played during my school days left school as a 16-year-old, went to work and really didn't take part in any kind of organised sport after that. was always just a fan, went to games, mainly Scotland, that sort of thing. Went to various sports, went to football, like most people in Scotland always enjoyed football as well. Uh, again, as a supporter. Years went by and still, as I say, was was going. When Edinburgh Rugby started, the, the pro side, started watching them. And then the advent of social media there was a thing, I don't know if any of you guys will remember it, it was not that long ago, a few years back, a thing called Rugby United, that was ran, they ran it through Twitter, it was a lad, so two lads from down south started it, and they had accounts for every pro team pretty much in the UK, and to be honest, I can't remember how I got in touch with them, or they got in touch with me, but they asked me anyway, cut a long story short, they asked me to run the Edinburgh Rugby One, uh, their account. So, started doing that, and then realised that, it's pretty boring tweeting stuff that just retweets some newspaper articles, um, other people's stuff. So we wanted to produce our own content, as everybody calls it nowadays. Had a bit of an interest in photography. So went to games with a camera and started taking my own pictures. I'd say I was particularly any good at it, but it was good. It was our own stuff we were putting it on and people seemed to like it. I mean, we ended up, the account grew so much that we were, had more Twitter followers than Edinburgh ever got at games. So it was, it was reasonably successful when compared to some of the big English sites, what they were doing with their accounts. So at that point, I'm realising that social media is quite a big thing and that's, you know, um, you need to do it. Then retired from my full-time job, because yes, I am pretty old, and decided I wanted to do more with the photography because I was enjoying it. So I started the website Rugby People as a place to put my photographs. During that time, I can't remember how it all came about, exactly time scales, but um, I ended up being allowed to go pitch side at Edinburgh Games. So I kind of started, if you want, at the higher level, taking pictures at rugby, if you want to call it that. Um, so I was doing that and then started wanting more content for the site because, you know, Edinburgh Games every couple of weeks, so you need more. So started going to more club games, pictures at them, and then realised, well, to be honest, knew nothing about women's rugby at that point. But again, looking for content, went along to uh, Murrayfield Wanderers, as was when they were in existence, and Edinburgh University. Luckily chose two of the teams at that point in women's rugby that were doing really well in Scotland and was taking pictures of them. And actually then at that point realised that I actually enjoyed the game for what it was without, you know, not just the picture side of it. Also at that time, I met up with a few other people who were also amateurs taking pictures at games. Uh, Mark Brown, Fred Palmer, a few other people. Shona Stott, Susan Shanks. They they all joined up with me as well. And that's basically they submitted, went to games, picked their own games, whatever they wanted to go to, and sent their pictures in to me. Um, and it grew from there. I think there's now myself and eight or nine other contributors. 
I decided a couple of years ago to concentrate on the women's side of the game. It was just taking up so much time to do everything else. And as I say, I just felt it was useful to promote it. And I just find it's really interesting. Um, and it's just an, an interesting stage of the way it's growing in Scotland. It's across the world, but obviously we live here. So um, I was enjoying that side, seeing it grow and playing a minor part in that. On that, the social media side is growing and growing. We've got 10,000 followers or so on Twitter, which in Twitter terms isn't huge, but in rugby, in Scottish rugby terms, is pretty decent. Then we will see the usual Instagram and Facebook as well on, on uh, alongside that. Around about 2019, as you do, sitting looking at a computer, and I started, because of doing this, I'm getting emails from various companies, um, and I got one from a kit manufacturer. Design your own kit. So oh, right now I sat and designed my own kit, and then looked at what it cost and thought, you know what, that's not actually that expensive. It costs a few quid, but not ridiculous. So... Thought, right, why don't we run a sevens team? That's how it came about. Just let's let's do that. So I, I know a couple of people, Eric Jones and various others, Lucy Brown coaches in the game on the women's side. And obviously I'd made some contacts through the game of meeting players and we just decided to put the sevens team together, the RP Sevens. At that time Scrum magazine was in operation and they came in as a sponsor, provided enough money to um to get the kit they were on and them and a few other smaller sponsors who I'm very grateful to as well. So we did that for a season, but kept it going. Uh, went for a second year. We didn't actually play again until 21, I think it was. The RAF had come on board by that time as our main sponsor. Now, they were brilliant to work with, and they put a fair amount of money into it. We did that second year, had a bit of success again. But at that point, I realised that the invitational side maybe wasn't the best way to go about stuff. It was maybe competing with the clubs. We were going to competitions, and I was putting a team in, and I'm not lying. There were some great players. I mean, when I look through the list of players we've had playing an invitational side, um, I think we're up to 70-odd players now who have played across a few, the three seasons that we've been in operation. And so many of them are either internationals or going to be internationals, former internationals. Um, it's, it's impressive. The list is great. But when you go and you're playing against teams that are just flung together from the clubs, is that really doing anybody any good? I'm not convinced. I think it's great if you can send your team down south and compete against teams down there. But in Scotland, I didn't feel it was doing any favours. Now, we went to a bigger competition in Scotland. And this is the only negative you'll get from me today. Um, is I wasn't particularly impressed, nor were quite a lot of the people there, at how the women's teams were treated. In that they weren't treated, we felt, as seriously as the men's teams. Played on lesser pitches, given the early kickoff times pitch because the men's 10s vets team wanted to play when we were allegedly the elite. Um, we had a former Scotland captain playing for us that day. So that day, funnily enough, it was talking to other coaches and people involved in the women's game who are you know, well into the game, um, well thought of. And they mentioned, they said, why don't we have our own thing? You know our own space for the clubs for for the players here, just a women's thing. So that, so yeah, again thought about it. Thought, well, why not? It's the king of the sevens. You know, as we all know, down the board does for the for the men. Why don't we try something like that for the women? And that's where the women's seven series came about. So last year it ran for the first time, not massive, half a dozen clubs, probably something like that. But it was good. It was a good start. Got us into it. Christophe and Cougars won that. Off the back of that, went, yeah, why not? Let's, go, let's do it for a second time. Now, this year, so far, um, we have usual. We always know there's going to be withdrawal. So I think we're now sitting, well, for the stewardry leg, which is obviously where you're interested in, we're sitting with 10 clubs. We had 12. We've got 10 clubs now, which is good. If you look around women's rugby in Scotland, there aren't many competitions have ever had that number, certainly not in recent times. Um, I remember going to a Scottish Rugby organised sevens event at Murrayfield a few years back and there was a number of teams at that but since then I can't think of another competition that's had close to what we're getting now so I'm happy with that if we can if we can run it with 10 that will be great because it's a, it's growing on last year and we'll grow again we'll keep going with that because definitely the one's getting out there so yeah that's where we are at this time and that's kind of hopefully I've covered how we got to where we are just now before we get into maybe this edition, the 2023 edition, I want to go back to the start of rugby people very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder how how quickly did things kind of take off for you when you started rugby people? You know, you said that it was it was very much a few people got involved with you and you would choose your own games and that kind of thing. And obviously okay. it's just grown and grown and grown. And, yep. and how did people get involved in that right. kind of I probably should have said, yeah, it was, it was formed in 2015. 
that's that's when I started. I'd, I'd said I'd been doing the social media thing for the, the the it was Rugby Edinburgh, it was called the account through Rugby United. Done that for a couple of years previously, and so around about 2015, I started Rugby People. Within the first, now I can't remember. Mark and Fred were the first two people to join me. It would have been that year or the year after 2016. We actually grew, I think, quite fairly quickly. I mean, I was getting into Scotland games to take pictures by 2016, I think. I was at Six Nations for, for the men and for the women. So my personal journey, I would say, is, is I'm, I'm very grateful to the people at Scottish Rugby. Believe it or not, I've got nice things to say about them, unlike some people. <laughs> but they've, 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 on the media side, they've been very helpful. And yet, so we grew on that side, and that's probably what's helped because our reputation grew fairly quickly. And also sort of the people, the contributors that I've got, I mean, some of the photographs they take are fantastic. I mean, we're supposedly amateurs, but I would say some of the stuff the guys send in, uh, and I'm using that, guys, men and women, send in um, is as good as anything I see anywhere else. You know, So, I mean, I'm, I'm really chuffed at that. I mean, a couple of the people involved now are doing pro work anyway. They've went on and they're working for agencies uh, doing Various sports, not just just as rugby, there were football um, and other stuff as well. So yeah, so we, we grew probably. It might, it might even have been too quickly because it kind of was like, geez, here we are now. We're at internationals, you know. I'm I'm here. I'm sitting. Up, I'm pitch side at Murrayfield. I've, you know, I was a fan sitting in the seat just last year, and now I'm here. Um, so it was quite amazing. I mean, it's great. I've loved it. Definitely, very little negative to it. <laughs> I could think of one or two things, but yeah, that's for maybe for another day. But no, there isn't. It generally, is it's really good. Um, it's been, it's went so well, much better than I, I could have dreamed. The the, the way we've gone, the, the people I've met, the places I've went to, been across a couple of t- abroad a couple of times again for sevens for Scotland sevens when we had Scotland sevens doing that down south. One of the best trips I had was early days with Edinburgh University. Went to there. They were in the Bucks Cup final at Twickenham. So again. I mean, for a rugby fan, all right, there's not a massive crowd there for that game, but there you are, pitch side taking photographs at Twickenham. No, it was that's an amazing experience. Um, and again, that's off the back of the clubs and the people involved in the clubs being so helpful. Again, they're very grateful, which is great as well. The the, the, the clubs have been really good that way, the people involved. What, what I have noticed is, and, I'd, and I'm not putting this down to rugby people at all, is that I used to go to games, particularly with the women's games, and I would be the only photographer at a women's game. That's very rare now. I'll go to games and be the only one there taking pictures. So it just shows to me that just shows you the interest now that there is, and and it can only get better. And more and more people definitely want to be involved. I mean, that's one of the we we maybe even the women's game is and that's like us has maybe grown a bit too quickly in some ways. There's so many clubs now starting teams. We we do suffer from a shortage of players. That's a definite... I mean, I think that even the men's game still suffers from that to an extent, but definitely women's game suffers from that. And that's something that needs to be worked upon. That and coaches, uh, that's the other thing that I see and feel that we don't have enough of. Properly qualified coaches in the women's side. The people doing it are brilliant. Of course, they are. They're all volunteers. It's very, there's not a lot of money floating about for that sort of thing. So good on them, but we definitely need more. And that's something I think that Scottish Rugby could spend money on. If I was going to criticise Scottish Rugby for anything, it would be that, that they don't spend enough on coaching for the section of the game that I'm interested in and not pushing, which is obviously the women's side. And I'm sure the same argument could probably be made for the men's side as well. So, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but, yeah, that's that's kind of, as I say, 2015, we grew pretty rapidly and we've been kind of, I'm not I'm not going to say coasting along, because we've not been coasting, we're still working hard and, and growing. But, yeah, since probably 17, we've been at the level we're at now with the numbers of people contributing photographs. And then obviously then, well, 2019 came the playing side and that has grown. It might be in the future that we concentrate just on the series. I don't know about the Invitational team because as I've said earlier, there's, I'm not convinced that at this moment in time in Scotland, the Invitational side is so important. I think there's a place for it, without a doubt. But I think we have to be very picky about how we go about it because I think it can take away from the competitions if we send you send a team full of internationals to a, a sevens competition that has three club sides in it players there are looking and go well jesus what's the point in us being here we can't compete with these people and i get that it's nice for the crowd to see really good players i mean we were just out oh, i mean here's me as i did warn you that i would well not rant but ramble we were at bigger a couple of weeks ago and ourselves were there and uh, mighty boffs hearts and balls mighty boffs again the other invitational team Again, cracking side, great players on their side. And we had some really good young players on their side. And again, it was great. So we had two games against them because it was only four 
team, five teams, yeah, four or five teams, five teams that was there. So we played each other once in a round, a round robin, then we were in the final. So we played them twice. And they, they were great games. And I, don't get me wrong, the other sides actually competed pretty well, but you could have kind of written it. You knew what was coming. And that's, again, I'm not doing down the other teams because they did come close. I mean, we nearly lost, uh, Cougars were there and we, we nearly lost to them. Um, we got a late try and won that game. But overall, you can see the strength in these two sides. And I don't know if that helps. It might help the individual players. I don't, I don't know. Um, there's arguments to be made on both ones, but I do think that at the moment we should be. That's, again, a, another reason why the seven series doesn't have invitational teams other than geographical selects because clubs haven't got enough players coming back to that early point to put together their own ones. But we're not having um, Galacticos teams, you know, we're not having that sort of just that's get us the 12 best internationals we can find or, you know, 12 best players that aren't uh, involved and get them in the side because. I feel that doesn't make for a, a great competition. And you mentioned it a little bit there, Adrian, but how did the clubs around Scotland take to you and take to rugby people? You know, were they very were they very welcoming about coming yeah. having you there, photography, yeah. getting you involved, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, very much so. I mean I've got nothing but positive stories about that everywhere I've been and I've been around the country obviously mainly because I live down here and I'm paying my own stuff. Mainly it has been in the Central Belt, but yeah, I've been up north and that and various places. And yeah, I can't think of a bad story about any of the clubs. They've all been really welcoming. They're all delighted to see you, um, particularly on the women's side, but the men's teams as well. The players love getting their photographs taken. Um, and again, that's something I've tried to do. I, I mean, and that's up to individual contributors. The individual contributors, if you like, do their own thing. They, they send their pictures to me, but when it comes to um, what happens to the pictures, other than what appears to rugby people, it's up to them. So if they want to sell them, they sell them. My own thing is if players ask me for pictures, I just give them. Uh, I don't. I can't be bothered with the selling stuff anyway. It's too, too much of a pain, to be honest. Um, so I just give players and teams come to me. Commercial ventures is a different thing. If a newspaper or somebody wants a picture from me, then yeah, I'll talk to them about money. But um, if it's players and clubs, no. Whether or that's the reason they're happy, I don't, and welcoming, I don't know. But they are. I mean, I've got nothing bad to say about the clubs on that side. Um, they're really good, um, and I do think that's helped in some ways with the, the the series as well because the clubs know who we are and they can trust us. They know it's not, you know a bunch of chances that are trying to make money out of them or get something from them. No, we're just here because we enjoy it. They obviously enjoy it. Um, so that's worked together and produced something. And I think it helps having an outside group or if you want to, to do the organisation because then it's not like, well, oh, this is Kostoffen doing it or this is Watson's doing it or whoever it may be. You know, And they know who we are. We'll have a reputation, hopefully, which is hopefully, I think it is anyway, a decent reputation and, and people trust us. So I think that's what helps. So, yeah, I, again, coming back to your point, nothing but um, positive stuff to say about the clubs and the welcome we've had and the work that we've done with them. You know, it really is. It's a, it's a great community. Women's rugby then, Adrian, because you mentioned that you'd done a lot of work with Edinburgh and a lot of the men's games and, and travelling around quite a lot. And then one day it stuck with you to do to do women's and you've yep. really enjoyed it since then. You've wanted to venture on since that first game that you did. Tell us a little bit about that and how that, you know, you, it kind of opened your eyes a little bit, the women's game, to, to something yeah. different. I mean, again, there's obviously parallels with the men's game. It's the same sport, but it is a different game in some ways. I think what the big part of it is, is that is what we were talking about earlier, is the welcoming side of it. The, 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 the women's clubs are so grateful uh, as well to have somebody along because they weren't getting that coverage. I think they are now, which is great to see. Believe it or not, I'm happy when I see other photographers there. I don't want to be the only one there. It's great to see other people there because, as I say, it means the word's getting out that this is a worthwhile sport and people should be following it. Um, yeah, so I just, um, I don't know. It's, it's it's kind of a difficult one to know 100% why. Why I've ended up where I have with this, my interest in it. But, I do, yeah, I think the, the big thing is, and, and for me as somebody who wasn't a particularly great sports person, it's great to be around because the commitment is shown, especially I say in the early days when I was going to the, um, the Edinburgh Uni Games. I mean, these these players are all high achievers at what they do, but yet they were training at that point kind of like not far off being professionals the amount of times they were training. I mean, they're up at five in the morning going to the gym and all this sort of stuff, and then they've got their studies anyway. Or some of them, like, out with the, the uni, the other ones have got, like, you know, like they've got their jobs, they've got family, they've got all that, but yet they're sticking in. Now, I'm sure the same things can be said on the men's side, but I just feel that at that point the women don't get the backing, or at that point weren't getting the backing. I mean, the Scotland team, 
didn't get the backing it gets now, nothing like it. So I just felt that it was worthwhile doing because these are people trying their best and see producing quite entertaining stuff. You know, I mean, it wasn't just, it's not a case of feeling sorry for anybody. It was worth watching. It was enjoyable. It's an enjoyable sport um, and, and played in a great fashion as well. So, yeah, and I say, that on the, and then on the other side, I still go to men's rugby and still enjoy watching men's rugby. There was no issues with that, with them getting media coverage because every man and his dogs want to go to a Scotland men's game and same even with Edinburgh. And then, oh, the clubs are okay. I mean, it drops off a bit, but they still get more coverage than you'll get at any women's game. Again, not because it certainly wasn't because it was easy, because I mean, the access was the same for men as it was for the women. I can get the access to those games as well, but I just enjoy doing it. And I enjoy the people that I've made, some who I count as friends. Um, so it's good to do. And it's an area where we could help. The small amount of cash and resources I can put into women's rugby makes a huge or a much bigger dent or difference than it would if it went to the men. It would hardly be noticeable. If I started a men's invitational team, well, what would be the point? How many of them are there? Countless, you know? So it really would be just another one, um, whereas it did make a difference then. As I said earlier, I've, I've got some issues with that anyway because of the state of the women's game. But, yeah, it's just an example of, of why we can make a difference with quite small amounts of cash and resources. So, that yeah, that's, that's one of the reasons So. The main reason why I suppose it's become women's rugby has become the focus and time. I mean, I've got I've got to pick. I just don't have the time. I used to go at three and four games in the weekend, and it just gets a bit much. You know, you've you've got other things in your life. I mean, much as I enjoy my rugby and, and and doing what I'm doing, it has become I'm near a full time job. Well, I've got a family, grandkids, and I've got a part time job that I actually earn, to earn the cash to pay for the kit. So yeah, you've you've got to call time on it somewhere. So that's why we had a decision to make probably about a year or so ago and decided, right, I will, me personally, will concentrate on the women's side. Some of the other contributors still do a lot of men's rugby, which is great. You'll see that on Facebook. And I still do the men's internationals because I enjoy going to them because I'm a fan. So it's a great way to go to them. It's, it's a dream come true for me sitting there taking pictures at the side of the full house in Murrayfield. It's amazing. It's a great experience. Closest I'll ever get to the pitch, obviously, especially at my age. Just on that, Adrian, you, you said earlier on that you found the games more enjoyable. What I've found in women's rugby is it's, it's there's less of the kicking tennis that you mm. see in the men's game. And yeah. it actually means there's a much more flowing game to women's rugby than there is to men's rugby. Is that is that? Yeah, sort of I, I would agree with you there. Depending on what level you're at, but that's the same in men or women's rugby. Yes, the, the, the handling at times isn't great if you go further down, but that comes down to coaching, what we were talking about before. But yeah, the actual game, the way they play, for whatever reason, the, the kicking game isn't a huge part of women's rugby as much as it is in the men's game. So again, that can make for an entertaining game, particularly at the amateur level. Obviously, as you go further up, the Scotland women, that's a slightly different kettle of fish. And you'll see a different game there than you would um, in the lower leagues. Again, same for the men. You'll see different games for pros as you do for amateurs. But yeah, I think maybe that's what it is. Maybe maybe women's rugby, the way it is at the amateur level, is what men's rugby was a few years ago in the way it's played. I don't know. I mean, that, that's that you could be right. I, I, just, I think I enjoy it as much as anything, their commitment. And I do think that because I'm not even going down that. No, I'm not going down the road of that. There's not prejudice because I don't see that. I mean, I know there's been issues in the in, in the last wee while about that, about talk of prejudice and all that against women's, and 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 that's probably for the women themselves to talk about. I don't see that from my side, from what I'm involved in. I just see people that are committed and enjoying the, their game, and that's probably as I say what I take. And for some reason, I just feel that the women are, um, I hate to say, more committed, but it just I don't know. It just comes over that they're just more passionate. Maybe because there's fewer of them. I don't know. Got to know them, I suppose. That's the thing as well. I know a lot of people in the game now, so maybe that's what it is because you get that personal connection. So it makes you want to to, to do more for them because you know them. Whereas in the men's game, there's so many more and so many more teams. It's maybe harder, to, especially if you come from my background who was just a fan. And maybe if I was a player that had been brought up in it right through, then you would know all these people, so you would have more of a connection. Whereas the women's game is still fairly new. A lot of the players are new. They don't. They, they maybe started when they went to university, so they're older anyway. So maybe that maybe that's part of it as well. It's just that the the personal connection, and that's why that's come about as well. You're making me think now. This is not like me. Well, I'm going to make you think a wee bit more. <laughs> I I also find that the the women's game is, or the, the the players in the women's game are much more engaged with the social side and and what's mm -hmm. happening sort of around about mm -hmm. in, in terms of the club, in terms of the social media aspect. Oh yeah, 
you know, the Definitely. women buy into that way, way more than, yep. in my opinion, yep. than what the men do. I would say that for us, uh, for rugby people, my experience is that when I put up a gallery of pictures, I will get more interaction, more hits, more likes from a women's club game than I will see even from, from definitely from an Edinburgh game and, and sometimes definitely from a men's Six Nations game. The Six Nations could be explained away might because it kind of gets saturation coverage from across media, from the mainstream media. But the, the club side of it, yeah, I mean, if I, if I went to, well, just use for instance, uh, I went to a Watsonians men's game and the Watsonians on the same weekend, the Watsonians women's game. I can assure you, I know for a fact, I will get more interaction with those pictures from the women's one than I will from the men's. I don't know. They just into it more. Maybe women use social media more. I don't know. There's people out there that don't know the figures on that side of stuff for me, but definitely, yeah, there, there, there is more, which is great. Again, that's another reason why I'm, I'm quite happy for players to share and use the pictures because, again, it just gets the word out more as well. Just another way of spreading the word. And, and, and letting, I mean, again, it's not about letting people know about rugby people. It's more about letting people know about women's rugby. I mean, that's what I should stress as well, that there's, I obviously mentioned the fact that we, I, well, I personally don't sell pictures um, in any, to any great extent. Occasionally it happens. But we're not a commercial venture. There's nothing money-making. That's, again, why the Women's 7 Series is the clubs that's free to enter. We do have sponsors because we need some money to, to run it, to buy trophies and things like that. But again, I'm, and I'm always thankful, and sponsors do sometimes get forgotten about, and they really shouldn't. Um, because they do it, put their money up and, and get very little in return for that, I have to be honest with you. So good on them. And that's across the board from the ones that are bigger to the smaller to the individuals. So, yeah, that that's, um, I think, and say, coming back to that, yeah, there the, the must be a reason for it. You're right with the women, but they certainly seem to be more interested, more engaged. Yeah, you're right with that side of stuff, which I find is, um, again, makes life easier for the likes of me. Moving then, Adrian, to the sevens series that you know you've set up in the last couple of years what was the process like setting that up and did clubs take to it quickly how long did it take things to get off the ground how much help did you need you know everything that comes towards building this for the past few years well as i say it came about through discussions with other people involved in the game and i'm I'm not playing the matter here but as usual with a lot of things you have a committee but it then comes down to one or two people to 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 actually do what needs to be done, which was me. <laughs> Whether that's because I've got the time or not, I don't know. But anyway, that's what happened. I think, I mean, I would say if it's, if it's a negative at all, but I, I was a little bit surprised. Though, well, maybe not surprised, but I thought there might be more interest than there was initially. And we do have the connections to the game, particularly the women's side of stuff. But it was very difficult to get clubs to buy in. Uh, no, that's not true. Sorry. They all bought into it. Everybody, in, I've never had anybody turn to me and say, nah, this is a waste of time. Everybody's been like, yeah, really positive. But I think it comes back to this earlier point that we've we've mentioned a couple of times, playing numbers. So the clubs are keen and the number of clubs is, is quite high. I, well, I suppose initially what I should say, actually, when that's the thing, uh, there you go, you've, you've, you've got me to think and I've remembered. <laughs> the first year we were only going to have the Premiership clubs there with a couple from National 1 and they all bought into that. And then for various reasons, mainly player numbers, they dropped out. And that's when it opened up to other clubs. This year around, we opened it to every club in Scotland. That is actually an important thing. Probably I tried to blank that out because maybe people thought I was being elitist. But it wasn't. It was just a numbers game to see who we could get. And eventually we realised um, that, no, you need to involve everybody because that's the only way we're going to get the figures. And still, when you think about the number of clubs we are in Scotland, we initially had, I think the most we had any leg was maybe was 13. Yeah, 13, I think. Um, that's like for this year that had entered this year, and now we've dropped to 10. So not the drop-off that you get at some tournaments, but still there. And there's still room. And I mean, this is going out after the first leg and before Stuartry. So hopefully we don't get any other withdrawals. But you fully expect that. I know that's what happens, and the clubs have suffered from that. You see that. I go, we've been to three tournaments so far with the Sevens Invitational team. And every one of them has had dropouts. They've all went down to four or five teams, you know, which is a shame, but it seems to be the nature of it. It happens in the men's game, but again, the men can kind of wear it because they have more clubs anyway. So that's why they, 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 they don't suffer quite as badly as, as women's competitions do. So, yeah, so the, getting people to buy into it. No, I mean, that that's, that's not been difficult in that everybody seems to think that it's a great idea. And I've had talks with some people at Scottish Rugby. Um, I won't embarrass them by naming names. They've also been very positive as well. They can't offer anything practical terms. I mean, we can go on to that if you want and, uh, later, what I've, my plans are for the future for it. 
uh, or what my hopes are for the future. But at the moment, yeah. But as I say, everybody has been very positive about it so far. There's been nothing negative. But there is still a problem with getting the clubs to sign up and then once they're signed up, to stay signed up to take part because it just seems to be a problem. Whether it's because it's in the summer, people have other plans. And I think that's something I have to sort on an organisational side is who you speak to. This is a problem, I think, throughout Scottish rugby or not Scottish rugby, through rugby in the amateur side is who do you speak to? Nobody has a point of contact or a single point of contact that you can go to. You, you go to one person, they say yes. You come back a couple of months later, they've either left or somebody else comes in and says, well, actually, that's my decision to make, not theirs. And she's right, okay, let's talk to you then and let's explain it all again. And so, yeah, that, that that's a difficulty that we have for the organisational side. But yeah, and again, but I do think our biggest issue is that is player numbers. And that's part of why we're doing what we do as well, to hopefully help that to increase um, by giving clubs an interest. That's why this thing is for the clubs only, to help with club identity to give them something to play for and an enjoyable sort of... Uh, women's rugby as well, I think, is well suited to the sim, the way they play, what we were discussing earlier. They like to run with the ball. You know, uh, there's a lot of quick play and that's what sevens is, as we all know. And so we have a lot of players. I mean, I mean the, the whole GB sevens thing has come about because of the Olympics and politics and money, no doubt. But we've got some great sevens players in Scotland and they won't get a chance to play as much because they, they won't get that Scotland thing anymore. I think it's coming back for the Commonwealth, but you know they won't. It was on every year now. It's not. So yeah, it's player numbers is an issue. Definitely, I think that's the biggest issue. But again, I'll take the positive from it as well. There is still that thing that people don't know who we are, and and that's good. I mean, I'm not big headed enough to think that people should know who we are. It just shows that there's still work to be done on my part to get the word out there that we exist. This is what we're doing. Sometimes it's frustrating. You've got to explain the same things over again to people, and you think, well, you should know because you're involved in it. But why should they know? It's not their point to know. It's me to tell them. So. That's what you've got to do. You've got to get out there and tell folk. And, and I do think that some people still think, what are you up to? Are you trying to make money out of me? Everybody's suspicious. Everybody's cynical. It's fair enough. I'm cynical as well. So you always think somebody's at it. We're not honest. <laughs> I'll show you my bank account. That's the thing as well. We're open as well. That is a good thing about rugby people. I don't have any secrets about it, you know, about how we run, what we do with the Sevens team, what we're doing with this with this series. If, you, if people have got questions they want to ask, if there's something that bothers them about it, don't hesitate. Give me a shout because there isn't. It's, it's straightforward. We enjoy rugby. We want to see people playing rugby and we're giving them a platform to do it if they want to take it. So fast forwarding to this year's edition, 2023, mm-hmm. how is it all looking so far? We've we've got three legs coming up here. Do you want to tell us um, a little bit about that? Kind yeah, of how so, the marketing's been going, everything yeah. that comes with it? So this year, um, three legs again, same as we did last year. First leg is at Cartha QP on the 3rd, um, then Stuart Tree on the 10th, and then Redford Barracks on the 17th. We moved it into June to um, so it didn't coincide with Mull 7s because a lot of the players like Mull. It's popular for the social side of it. So we, we moved it all into June, just made life easier as well. More chance of getting some better weather, fingers crossed. Yeah, so we went back to Cartha. They, play, they hosted the first leg last year did a good job of that and it's a good venue I don't know if you've ever been there but it's, it's, it's a good venue Carter and got a lot of space we want we wanted to spread the, 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 the seven series around the country didn't want it all just to be very Edinburgh based because there's a lot of women's rugby in Edinburgh so anyway so yeah Carter we're doing that and that's good the club are very welcoming we're happy to do it and then we'd had talks with some other people about the second leg but Stuart came forward stepped forward and we're really keen so I thought well you know what why not we've never been I mean, and I have to be hands up one of the places I'd never been to to take photographs. So I felt that's um, a great idea. Why not? Stuart Tree are a team that's up and coming, as they've proved. They've been promoted into the Premiership. So, you know, they're, they're a team that are growing. They've got some good players there. And as it's proved, I've been, it's been a great decision on my part because Stuart Tree have really taken it on and ran with it. Um, and it looked like they're producing a really good event. They're making an event of it. It's not just about the rugby, they're doing all these add-ons to it as well, and that's brilliant to see. And then the third leg is at Redford Barracks, a similar story to Stuart in that they came to us and said the Army had tried to run the Sevens, the Women's Sevens um, Festival of Sport, a few years ago before the pandemic. Uh, unfortunately, they suffered from dropouts um, and, and the withdrawals from the competition, 
We're going to send the invitational team to it, but unfortunately it didn't come off. But we'd stayed in touch. The Sevens team had trained it's at Redford Barracks. The, the Sevens team, they'd let us go in there and train a couple of times. So we'd kept in touch with them and they were dead keen. It's um, the, I'm terrible with the, the names, but it's the, the, what are they called now? It's not a territorial army now, is it? It's Army Reserve, one of their regiments that are basically behind it. But it's a couple of lads there that run the Army Scotland rugby side. They've taken it on and they've been brilliant. Um, so that's again, as I say, because they came to us, and we thought, well, why not? Yeah, it's a good facility. It's in Edinburgh. We'll play that the the, the leg there because they want us there. So we're going there. Going to got we've got two sponsors on board. Rugby store, the main. Well, sorry, not the main. They're, they're one of the sponsors. They're producing the kit for the referees as they did last year, and they give us some kit for the um the admin, myself, and other people that help out on the day. Just again, just so it's branded up with the the logo on it. So that, that's what they're doing for doing it for us. They've done a lot. Rugby store have actually been very good. I and mean, again, I mean, yeah, I will advertise them. Why not? Other stores are available and all that. But they've been great. They've they've helped us out quite a lot over the years. They're very pro grassroots rugby. I mean, obviously, yeah, they want to sell their kit. That's what they're in business to do. What's wrong with that? Um, as I say, sponsors need to be congratulated. They're doing it. I mean. They've come in and, and helped us out and they don't need to do that because I'm sure they're not getting that much back off us as far as advertising goes. I don't know. Maybe they are, but uh, I hope they are because they deserve it because they're putting their money where their mouth is and actually supporting the, the grassroots game. Our other sponsor is SIUC, Scotland's Rural College. Again, there's a link between the agricultural community and um, rugby. I mean, if you speak to people um, in the farming community, particularly the farmers, that, that that's their sport. I think Doddy Weir was a, a student with SIUC and its former guys before it became that. Um, so, you know, there's, there's always been that link. So they were, they were, again, were more than keen to be involved. So we've got one of the trophies this year is the, the SIUC Shield is going to be played for. So, yeah, that's the, the, we've got that made up. So, they, 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 again, they've been great. They'll have a presence at each of the legs. What they're getting back from it, I hope. You know, they're getting the advertising, hopefully they will. But again, just another organisation that just wants to play its part and is giving something back to community. And obviously a community that, you know, um, their students, a lot of their students and former students have been part of. So it's it's really good to see. Still not too late for other sponsors if you want to come on board. I'll take your money. Uh, we, we're actually good. I mean, it's good. That's the great thing about it. Because the clubs that are hosting are giving the venues for free and just taking it on, it's not, It's. I mean, that's it. I'm not going to be, make it more than it is. It's not costing a fortune in some ways to do. That's the thing that surprises me that nobody's done it before because it's not costing a great deal of money to actually do it. Yeah, the, the big thing is venues. Well, they provided that, the clubs, the, the three venues have provided that for, for free, bought like a gazebo tent and various other bits and pieces. But that's it. Once that's in, that's it forever. So, you, you know, it doesn't cost a lot of money to do this, really, if I'm you know, going to be honest about it. We don't charge, none of the venues are charging for spectators to get in. As I say, we don't charge the clubs to take part. We just get on with it. Marketing side of it is down to me again, which is probably great because it isn't my huge, it's not my forte. I'm not the strongest at it, but we try and get enough stuff out. We do have Twitter followers. We do have, you know, enough, we've got 10,000 or so. Facebook as well gets fairly well used, Instagram. So we try and get the word out on that as much as possible. We do on the last leg this year, Scottish Rugby are going to send along a couple of their media people. Um, which I'm grateful to. So that'll be something for the future, you know, that they'll put the word out on that. So for when we come next year, we'll obviously be able to use some of that stuff and, and they'll let us know that we're about. Obviously, talking to you guys is a huge thing as well. Hopefully that helps you to get more people along because they really do deserve to have the people along. You will see some decent sevens rugby without a doubt and you'll hopefully have a good day out. Well, you will have a good day out and if the weather's kind, then even better. I must admit, I, would, I hadn't been. I went down to meet Lauren and, and the rest of, uh, of the team at Stuart Tree a couple of weeks ago, and I'm really impressed by the setup. It's, 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 a, it's going to be a good venue for what we're doing, definitely. Um, so if you are nearby, I can definitely recommend that people go along. I mean, at the end of the day, it's costing you nothing. <laughs> you know, just what's it costing you? Your, your petrol, whatever, to get there, and that's it. Just just go. And if you like rugby, well, why not? What else are you going to be doing? But not just that one. If anybody's listening and they want to go to the other ones, just come along. Same for Redford Barracks one. The Army are quite happy to let you in. No issues with that. The first one at Carther. Carther, as I say, is a great venue. Plenty of parking there, all the rest of it. So no problems should be for anybody to get there. Clubhouses, I'm assured, will be open. So I'm sure if that we minded, you want to get a pint. Adrian, I can tell you that a lot of the kids in Dumfries and Galloway, especially around Stuart Tree as well, are, are definitely buzzing for it because of the Donny Weir Cup. 
Yeah, um, it was actually again from from the uh, it's and that's the great thing about this. I'm not, not the the font of all knowledge. I don't come up with all the ideas. It was actually the the committee, the working party that started at Stewartry came up with that and asked for that to be brought down. They wanted any of the Cal Cal Cup, the Doddy Beer Cup that, that Scotland hold at the moment. And yeah, got in touch with Scottish Rugby. I also got in touch with them, so I'm not taking the credit for it at all because they'd done it already. And yeah, they've agreed to bring the Doddy Weir Cup down, which again is great. I mean, that's brilliant for the kids to get their photographs with and all the rest of it. That's another we add on that's was really worth doing. Again, that that's what is great to see is that Scottish rugby are supportive. I think sometimes that's the thing, um, and that's kind of I'll take the blame in some ways for that that they need it presented in front of them. They need to be told, look, this is what's happening. Because again, they're only a few people. There's not that many of them. So they need to be told, well, this is what's happening here. So, and they're actually quite grateful because they want to know. Because, again, they want they want content. It's all about content these days, isn't it? Uh, and they want it. So, yeah, they were happy to talk about it uh, and, and get involved with that. And, again, for them, that's no hassle. They need one person or whatever to bring the cup down there, and they'll do that. So good on them because it does help. These little things help because, as you just said, particularly young people, they, they love all that sort of stuff and they get a chance to get a photograph taken. So, yeah, it's just great. I mean, I, I'm, I say, I, when Suji started talking about some of their plans, I mean, the, the, the live music, they wanted to even have a campsite. I don't know if anybody's taken them up on that one, but it was there if they wanted it. You know, the face painter, all this sort of stuff. I thought, it's brilliant. This is really how we want it to grow. I, I mean, I will say, I don't want this sevens to lose the focus on the rugby. Maybe that sounds boring and old-fashioned, but I do want it to remain. I don't want it to become a festival, which some sevens are now. I mean, I've been at a couple down south. They're great days out, I suppose, but the, the rugby's kind of, does it, who cares? Because I was at one, I won't name it, um, it, it all finished, rugby had finished. I was actually leaving, I wasn't staying on, I was driving, so I was leaving to go back to the hotel. And there was people coming in, that they were just coming, because they were coming for the DJs. This was when the crowd was arriving. They weren't there to see the rugby. They that wasn't their thing. But, I mean, great, that money's going to... But, again, this is a commercial venture anyway, so the money isn't going to rugby. It's going to whoever runs the... the, the, the whoever promotes the show. So, no, I, that's why I don't want the, the, the seven series to become that. I don't know if it's at this point you want me to go into that, but for the future, I would actually like Gosh Rugby to take this on. I would like them to take it out of my hands, not because I can't do it or don't want to do it, but just because I think it will be easier. I think if Scotch rugby are selling this, the clubs will, will buy into it even more so. be interesting. We will do it again. and We will do it next year. And if this goes the way I'm hoping it's going to go, then hopefully then more clubs will get on board even with it then. And I'm learning all the time about how to sell this to people, how to speak to people, doing things like this. I mean, for all I'll ramble on, I'm not particularly comfortable doing stuff like that. I don't like being the focus just because that's just the way I am. I get embarrassed by that. I don't really want to do that, but it needs to be done. Somebody has to do it, and it's the, it's a way of selling the thing and getting people interested and letting people know that it exists. And as I say, yeah, you're always probably thinking about the next year because that's probably how you've got to think about an event like this. I mean, this year's kind of done. Yeah, we can sell it and hopefully get a few more people along to watch it, and that's great. That's what you want to do. But in terms of getting the clubs involved, yeah, this is where we are. We are where we are now. We'll run it as is. As I say, if we get 10 clubs at Stewartry or wherever, I'll be happy with that. There isn't, as I said, I think I said earlier, there isn't another women's competition in Scotland getting that number of clubs involved. So I'll, I'll be delighted at that. Um, and it just builds on the record that we're slowly but surely building. And then hopefully next year, there'll be 12 clubs at it in each leg and whatever it may be. That would be my future. For me, my thoughts on it for the future would be to get Scottish rugby more heavily involved because they've got the connections that I don't and never will have. I probably as well would involve the clubs more as well. That would be maybe another thing. I'm a bit of a one-man band, and that's not because I'm a control freak. It's just because, well, up to now, I haven't found anybody else that wants to do the work. But then having worked with Stuartry, there obviously are people out there that will do the work that's required to make something happen because everybody's busy. Everybody's got their own thing to do. And, and I appreciate that, but some people are prepared to do that a bit more. So it, it'd be good. That's what I would obviously, if we're going to continue running it, which which is fine if we do. I mean, I don't want to see it die because, again, I've, everybody I speak to says it's worthwhile to do. And if somebody can come back to me and tell me, no, nah, no, nah, we don't need that in Scotland anymore, fine. Okay. And you can convince me that that's fine. You know, I mean, again, I'm not doing this to make money out of it. I'm not doing this because for my own ego, I'm doing it because I think it's worthwhile to do for the game so that we can all enjoy it and grow it. If somebody come to and said, no, we don't need it, and fine, we won't do it anymore. But I think they will. I think they will. And I will keep doing it. But yeah, it would be nice to have other people involved because I think it can only get better. So if you're out there and you're keen on getting involved, let me know. How much of a link, if any, at the moment, do you have with, 
with Scottish rugby. Do you think something like that in the pipeline in the future could definitely be possible? Is there clear? Is uh, how much connection do you have with them? Right. Well, as I say, over the years we've run, we wouldn't get the access we've got to the big games, if you want to call it that, without their help. So they know who we are, and I work a lot with the media department. And as individuals, I've got nothing but praise for the, the work that they do. And that's not me just saying that to creep in with them. It's a fact. They work hard, a lot of them. I have those connections. I've only recently met up with people from the performance department, and they assure me that they are keen on what we're doing. So again, that's good, because I did ask that question direct. Are we... Is what we are doing or trying to do worthwhile to the game? Is it going to help players? And that's kind of one of the big things is obviously to help players develop. And they assured me that it was. So again, that's why it's worthwhile doing. That link, if you like, is something I want to work on and grow. I mean, I'm not, we don't need, I mean, we don't need to be involved in any decision making with them or anything like that. And um, I don't expect them to have any huge inputs, but it's nice to know just in terms of timetable and things like that, because we, we, we've got that. I mean, again, it's no... It's, well, it is out there now that the, the under-20s will be training during the summer period and other age grades. So again, this will impact on what teams have available. So again, it'll be more like having this connection with them so that we can timetable things, adjust things to suit. Because I want to see these players get those opportunities as well. And I don't want to have to have any clashes with them as well. Because I want the clubs to come to the competition with the strongest team they've got. But I also want these players to have the opportunities to play at a high level if that's what they want to do. So, yeah, it's important that we, we do continue those talks with Scottish Rugby so that we're not impacting negatively on, on that side of stuff because it's not all about us. It's all about the players. It's all about the game. I'm quite happy, again, to tailor this competition to the needs of the players. If that means we go down to two legs for it, if we had to, then we'll do that. If Whatever it may be, however we work it. If it's only... If it's decided that the elite players don't get involved at all, then maybe that's something we would have to look at in the future. I don't know. These are all just things, you know, off the top of my head, thinking that might happen. There's no hard and fast rules about it. But yeah, to answer your question is, yeah, we want to work with them as closely as possible. And it appears that the people within the, the relevant departments also would like that because they see what we're doing is having some worth, some value. So yeah, that, that's that's something that we'll we'll continue to work on. But as far as the media side of it goes, yeah, no issues with them. That, that I would say we do work reasonably closely with already because of the, the, the photography side anyway. So hopefully, and they say they are coming along to the last leg um, to do a bit of filming and have a look around as well. So that, that that's really good and that will help us in the future years if that sort of thing continues. Adrian, the last thing to ask then, you literally just mentioned it there, is, is the future. You know, you told us a little bit about the future of of this series, what you're hoping for that going forward. What about yourself? What about rugby people? I'll continue doing what I'm doing as far as photography goes, because that's still the main focus of rugby people. That's what we do. I'm hoping to increase the amount of written work on it or or even video work that's on it. Uh, we, we did a few, started last season, doing some interviews after games, post-match interviews, well, pre- and post-match interviews, just little snippets with the coaches and a couple of players. And that went quite well. So that's something that we'll maybe um, start doing a bit more of. I'm always on the lookout for people that can write. I'm not a writer, so I try, I do a little bit, but only because I have to. So I'm always on the lookout. So again, for the shout, anybody that's interested, please get in touch. We have the website, and I do think the website is underused. I know social media, social media is huge, and obviously everybody uses social media, but I think the website's a nice platform to have, and you can link your social media to that. And I do think I, I'm saying we, I underuse it. I should be doing more with that because it's something that, that really is um, just with probably some more imagination and thought around that we could, we could do a lot more, could do a lot more with that and use it a lot more to help with the promotion of the game. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's the plans for me. Um, just keep going. I'm sure the contributors, hopefully, will still want to be involved. And that's another thing. Again, I've said a few shout-outs, but a few. If anybody, clubs out there, most clubs now have somebody that turns up on a Saturday or a Sunday and takes their pictures. These men and women want to get in touch with me. Please don't hesitate. We'll host your pictures on the Facebook page. Quite happy to. It doesn't cost anything. doesn't mean you're giving away your pictures to us. It just means you're putting them up there. You get full credit. And if somebody wants to buy them and you want to sell them, then you do that. You do that. All we do is host your pictures. It just gives you a bigger platform and gives the clubs a bigger platform. So, yeah, any club photographer out there that wants to be involved, please just give us a shout. Um, It's a really simple process. Um, I'm sure you were doing that anyway, putting your pictures on the Facebook. Most of them are. So it's just another click of a button. 
so yeah, that that hopefully the contributors I've got still want to remain. We've had a few come and go, and that's what happens. People's lives change, so they come and go. But we've got a great big core group, and they do a great job for nothing. Volunteers throughout Scottish rugby, and the game just wouldn't run without the volunteers. There's no doubt about that. So they're really good folk. Um, and that's been another pleasure in running this thing, and in, in is is meeting the contributors and the other, I mean some of them their knowledge I mean, my knowledge of photography I'm going to be honest with you is not great I can take pictures at rugby but I get asked all the time oh can you come and take pictures at a party or a wedding or whatever and no because I don't do that <laughs> I just don't do that I don't know enough about it but some of them as I say some of the guys and some of them have went on to do are now doing professional work so you know that's the, the value of it and that's what they and, and I'm sure that I've learned a lot from them and I'm sure other ones do so yeah if, if you want to get in touch please do and that's at all levels because we've got people at all levels of the photography journey, whatever you want to call it, skills. <clears throat> On the playing side, it's a difficult one. I think I've mentioned it now a couple of times. I, I, I don't know. The players actually came to me, a group of players came to me to run the invitational team this year. I wasn't going to run the invitational team because for the reasons I outlined earlier, that I'm not sure the value at the moment to Scottish women's rugby, but they persuaded me to do it. Uh, that was the other part of Rugby Store's sponsorship, that they bought the part of the kit, they bought the shirts. So we said, right, we'll run it and we'll enter a few competitions. And it's went well. And it's fun. I mean, I enjoy it. I enjoy going. I go there as team manager. I'm not a coach. I don't go there to coach. I go there just to help out and set, get them, get all the kit there and then make sure it gets washed afterwards. And But the players have enjoyed it. The clubs weren't going to these competitions that we went to anyway. So, I, again, I don't feel that we've taken something away from... but we. As I say, so what? It's been a crack. I don't know. I mean, if you see the lineup of players we've had, there's been some cracking players. There. Pretty much the whole team is is going to either has played or will play at some sort of level for Scotland in the future or wherever nation they come from. Um, there's, that's a guarantee. Uh, there's some crackers there, but they enjoy it. So uh, fair enough. So anyway, coming back to it, I, I don't know about that side. If the players talk me into it, I'll probably do it again. The series definitely. Uh, I want to keep that going. And until, as I say to you earlier, until somebody comes to me and says there's no value in this, then let's keep doing it. I think it's great for the clubs. It gives them something meaningful to do during the summer to work towards. It, I'm told, again, this is speaking to coaches, it's great for their skills because I want players to, I want teams to send their young players as well and not, you know, give them a chance. Uh, and that's what that's what it's there for. So for players to develop. And, and as I say, and it helps the clubs, definitely. I, I feel it's got a real positive bonus for the clubs on just on, on a building identity thing as well. Uh, and the bigger it gets, the better that will be that you can sell yourself as a Scottish Sevens champions if you wanted, really. Let's not get big-headed about it, but at the end of the day, there isn't another tour like it that you could do that. Say, come out, yeah, various plans. There are not any of them coming to fruition, I don't know, as I say, just on the media side of it, whether we can do that, whether I've got the time to do it, whether I've got the skill to do it. We shall see. We will continue taking photographs at these games, promoting the game itself, and we'll, we'll the seven series. I think is here to stay, unless, as I say, something drastic happens. Somebody tells me there's there's no point in doing it. Adrian, I'm going to give you some live feedback, mate. I think mm -hmm. see the your your seven aside venture, the this competition that you have with hearts and balls. I'm sure you had mm -hmm. one sort of in the. Around about Christmas time, it was yes. just after Christmas. That was the 10s. Yeah, we, did, we ran tens. the 10s. They, they, that was they, they organised that. They did that. I think that's that's a great idea. You know, if if you're if you're worried about the live conflict between club rugby and and seven aside, which is the same conversation that we get we are having here on the podcast mm -hmm. about potentially creating our own sevens team, mm -hmm. we don't want to take away. But that opportunity to showcase girls, women who are sort of in that national one, what's what's now going to be the regional leagues, having that opportunity as well to play alongside Premiership players, play alongside those internationals, because mm -hmm. we know both in the men's and women's game, but especially in the women's game, because it is such a uh, a small player pool, you have some phenomenal players that are playing mm -hmm. in that second division of rugby who just mm -hmm. don't get spotted by these oh, academy guys, by these yeah. performance guys. And having something like that, you know, the hearts and balls versus the rugby people tens, uh -huh. is a is a great thing in my eyes that allows players to aspire to play at high level and still play at their club, but have that opportunity to be showcased and to be to be window picked. I, I mean, I, I agree with everything you're saying there, and that's part of the thing that we've tried to do with the with the sevens, the invitational team, it, it is to bring in players from various clubs. Yeah, we've got a core group who 
I believe are outstanding, and then bringing in other players that maybe haven't been tested at that level and giving them a shot to play alongside, um, you know, Scotland players or former Scotland players or future Scotland players and give them that. And yeah, so it's, it's great. As I say, I do come back to, though, we need to be very careful about how we do that and we don't end at every competition that's on the horizon and so that we become... And I'm not having to dig at hearts and balls because those players are uh, having a great time, obviously. That's otherwise they wouldn't be doing it. But I just think we shouldn't maybe enter every competition um, because um, it will put off teams entering, it will put off clubs entering eventually. Because I've had this for the sevens. I mean, people... And that, again, was coming back to an early point where the last year we were initially going to just be the Premiership and a couple of National One teams um, that were going to be in it. I've had it this year from clubs, like, ah, but we'll just go and get beat all the time. Well, if you don't go, you won't know. And plus it's sevens and it doesn't always go to script. Which I've tried to explain. Plus this year, we've we've got teams from across the board coming in to play anyway. But but there is that fear. People, it's just natural. People don't want to get beat all the time. You know what I mean? So I, I, I get that. And that's why we've got to be careful. I feel, for my, I won't speak for other clubs. I'll speak for just what I do. I don't want to, I, we, we've got to be careful about all the tournaments we go to. I would like to have the money just to send them down south. I would put, I'm sure that we could put together a couple of invitational teams easy from Scotland that could go down and compete with the best down there. But it's having the money to do that. I mean, we, we managed to do that last year with the, the competition. We had enough money because the RAF was sponsors. They put in a reasonable amount of money, actually a very good amount of money. And we had enough to send the winners who happened to be Christophe and Cougars to Chester Sevens, which is a reasonably um, you know decent level. They were runners up at it. So it just shows you that was a club side went down there and did okay. Bovs were there as well. Bovs ended up winning the plate, you know. So again, and they went down there on, they didn't get a lot of time to put that team together. So, they, you know, so they did well as well. So we do have the players up here. We can compete with them down south. And I would like to see our invitational teams. That's where we go because that's where they'll learn as well. And I would still do the same thing. Yeah, I would send down a core group of cracking players, but would add in a couple of players that maybe you wouldn't think of just to give them that opportunity to go down there and do that. Unfortunately, we just didn't have the money to do that this year and couldn't offer that to the winning side because that, that would have been a great thing to keep keep on doing. So... Yeah, that that that's where that's where a lot of our money went last year. Because again, it's not cheap putting a couple of nights in a hotel or whatever it may be for a team. You know, taking fifteen people or whatever it may be, it's, it's a fair amount of quid, a fair amount of cash to to do that. So yeah, that would be my if 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 I could get the sponsorship behind us, then that's what I would do. I would take the team down south. I would go to Bournemouth. I would go to Chester, wherever it may be, and do those ones rather than entering them in all the Scottish ones because. And I'm not running it down. It's not the case of that. It's just a case of if you put together 10 former and future internationals, you're going to beat the other side. It's just, that's what's going to happen. Eh? And the only ones we're going to compete with is another team full of former and future Scotland internationals, you know, which was good. I mean, we went to bigger there and it was great competition. Well, it was one, <laughs> but it was great two games. We beat them in the first game. We got it the wrong way around, you know, but it was great. And people were talking about it on social media before that they were saying, Oh, look at this, look at this. As I say, actually, we were we were close to getting Cougars nearly beat us in the game they played us. And they were they were a real a team that had been flung together. They didn't have all the strongest players playing for them. So yeah, there's this so it just shows you there are there's strengths out there. So yeah, that that's something. I, I agree with you that it's good and that's the reason I'm doing it. That's the reason I've done what I've done. But you've got to balance that with the needs of the game and the other teams. You've got to think of that and and um I'm not making myself out to be some sort of saint and I'm not selfish. Of course, I'm all my team to win. It's great. I love it. <laughs> you know? But, yeah, there is a big, there is a bigger picture, to use another cliche. I would wish you all the luck with, your, with, with what you're trying to do in Dubfries. And actually, what you're trying to do is slightly different in that you're looking at a regional select. And I get that. That's probably, especially, again, because they can't attract enough teams to a lot of the competitions in Scotland, when you're usually down to four or five clubs, that would be good because at the moment they're not travelling. So why not? Yeah, get a Dumfries select. And that's the same. We've got a five select coming to the women's series. Well, I'm saying it's not a five select. That's unfair because it's two teams. It's Howe and Kakodi. They've put themselves together because they couldn't get enough to get a, a team on their own for each side. So, but that's great. That, that's good because there's some good players there and you want to see them play. And it's the same with yourselves. I know you've got some good players because I've seen them. Embarrassing by mentioning them, but we've tried to get a couple. It just hasn't worked out because of, well... But, should have been one of your players, Stuartry players, with us at, at the Orium Christmas time, but the terrible weather meant she was trapped in Dumfries. So <laughs> these things happen, unfortunately. But yeah, so there are. There's some great players out there, but I'd say, yeah, that's just 
you've got to balance it and you've got to think about how you do it um, before you just jump all in. It's good that there's now two teams because there was only us the first year we did it. We were the only invitational team. So it was like, it would have been too easy to keep going. Now there's hearts and balls are doing a lot of it. They're, they're going on. So that's good to see. But I still think, nah, let's, let's just be sensible about it um, and give the clubs a chance. Hence the reason the, the Women's Seven Series is what it is. And it is just the clubs. But you'll get your team together if you want to do it. And I, can't, I say, I, th- I do think in your point of view, it's quite a good idea. Adrian, we want to say thank you very much for coming on the podcast this week. We are, I can tell you for a fact, we're very looking forward to this here in Dumfries and Galloway, the stewardry leg of the Sevens. It's amazing to chat to someone so passionate about rugby, about growing grassroots. And we're looking forward to seeing you when, when the leg rolls around. Thank you very much for coming on. Well, thank you. As I say, I really do appreciate the opportunity to try and uh, promote this. And as I say, I'm, I'm already, whatever happened with Stuttgart, I'm going to be grateful to them because they've done such a lot of good work already. And it's kind of, if you like, they've now given me a model for how I would want to see the things run as well um, over the, in, in, in the future. So, yeah, it's brilliant. So, again, thank you very much and um, good luck with your pod, obviously. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Dumfries and Galloway Rugby Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a like and review on our social medias. Our Facebook page is Dumfries and Galloway Rugby Podcast. Our Instagram and Twitter handles are DG Rugby Pod. We also have the Score Predictor, which we run weekly, which will be on our social media accounts. And once again, thank you for any support that you offer the pod. It really does help us spread the word of rugby in Dumfries and Galloway across the country.